Welcome to the podcast of Calvary Baptist Church. We are delighted you have chosen to listen in today. It's our hope the message of Jesus will continue to spread and bear fruit, both in your life and the world around us. For more digital content, feel free to check us out on the web at calvarybcmoultrie.com. And now for today's message. And then what we'll do is we'll kick it off. I've never taught a sermon like this before, so uh, you can pray for me and we'll see how it goes. So here we go. Let's read that section again. And what I'm going to do, all right, I'm going to read this, all right? I'm going to read this, but I'm going to break it up in how I read it. And here's why. I want us to show, first of all, that our bodies are not as divided as we think they are. Most of us, we tend to think that our bodies are like, okay, we got this soul side. That's the side that God cares about. And then we've got this physical side. All right. That's what like, you know what I do like that, that. That's what I'm in charge of. That's the kind of stuff that, like, so God cares about the one, but you know, the other, he's kind of like, oh yeah, you know. So let's take a look at Leviticus and let's just see some of the things God actually writes in this book. And let's see if that catches us off guard. Because remember, we all usually tend to think that God relates to this area over here, but he doesn't necessarily relate to these areas over here. Let's take a look. Let's take a look at some of the things he says. Verse 9, when you reap your harvest of your land, you shall not reap right up, you should not reap right up to the field or the edge. Neither shall you gather some gleanings after your harvest, and you shall not strip your vineyard bare, neither shall you gather fallen grapes in your vineyard. Here's what he's saying. I don't want you, if you are harvesting, remember almost everybody's farmers back in the day, if you're harvesting stuff, if you drop something, he says this, I don't want you to pick it up. You might be like, well, why would like like is that really a big deal? Think about this back then. That's money. That's essentially you dropping a $5 bill out on the ground. Let me ask you, how many of you are going to sit there and just walk away from it? You're not. What are you going to do? You're going to bend down. You're going to pick it up, right? And this is what he tells them. Whenever you are out in your field, whenever you're harvesting, you drop something. Don't touch it. Leave it there. Why? Let's keep reading. You shall leave them for the poor and for the sojourner. For I am the Lord. What he's doing is he's showing even what you think is a mistake and is an action I'm actually going to use to provide for the needs of those who have nothing. So what you see as an accident, I'm going to show you that my providential hand is caring for you and even caring for this person over here that you don't even know about. Just keep reading. You shall not steal. Usually life goes better when you don't steal people's junk. All right? Generally, you have friends. You don't steal from them. Why? Because if you stole from them, would they still be your friends? No, they wouldn't. All right? You shall swear by my name, shall not swear by my name falsely and profane the name of the Lord. You shall not oppress your neighbor or rob him. The wages of a hired worker shall not remain with you all night until morning. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, if you got, if you paid someone for a job that day, if you were a construction worker, right? What you need to do, give him his money at the end of the day. That guy's counting on it, man. He's counting on his money. Pay the guy. Don't wait for tomorrow. No, pay him. Do the right thing at this moment. Pay the God. Verse 14, you shall not curse the deaf. That's kind of mean because, let's be real, is he going to hear you? No, he's not. Or, maybe even meaner, put a stumbling block before the blind. For you shall fear your God, I am the Lord. You shall not do injustice in court. You shall not be partial to defer to the, or defer to the great. 
but in righteousness you shall judge your neighbor. Verse 17, you shall not hate your brother in your heart, for you shall reason frankly with your neighbor, lest you incur sin because of him. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Here's the thing. You read that. And one of the things you would be probably amazed at is if you read the whole book of Leviticus, we normally think that God has to do with things like prayer. Uh, Sundays. Okay. Um, Bible reading. Okay. Do you think that these are the things that he has to do with? All right. Everything else is kind of like, you know, you just, you just do what you do. All right. But one of the things you'll notice really quickly in Leviticus is all the areas of life that God actually sticks his hand in the pocket. I'll list a few. I'd be shocked if you were maybe, cons- maybe like, wow, I-, I didn't know this. So here's a few that he actually sticks his hand in the pocket, all right? Childbirth. How to doctor diseases. It's interesting. Their sex life. A little invasive. How to clean mold from their houses. Shout. How to check for leprosy. What to do when your body discharges certain liquids. Honest business business dealings. How they use money. Think about that for a second. All these things are things you do with your body. The relationship you have with your wife. that's That's a bodily thing. But yet, think about it. How often do you hear... That ever taught much. You don't, do you? Why? Because I think all of us, what we do is we put God in this corner over here. And what we do is we think we don't ever do this. I think we're not saying, oh, I'm going to put God over here. I think we naturally do it. Everything else that has to do with our body, though, we put over here. And what I'm telling you today is this, that that, actually, that line, that division that we do, actually doesn't exist. That when the Bible talks about us, we are embodied souls or ensouled bodies. You don't know where the body ends and where the soul begins. They're mixed, the two. You can't open me. Like, if you had a little knife, you couldn't open me and be like, oh, there's a soul sitting right there. That one of the things the Bible teaches is that we, there are two parts to us. We are bodies but we're also souls all at the same time. And here's what this means. Big idea today. And you might want to write this. Here's a big idea that all of life is physically spiritual. All of life is physically spiritual. I'll give you an example. So like I think of a guy like Lewis. So Lewis works at the YMCA. He does CrossFit. He does something that we tend to think of as is physical, physical in nature, right? Physical as in David can't lift that bar. Like even if there's no weights on it, he can't. Like so, like like we think, all right, that's physical stuff, right? And yet there's a part of Lewis's job where what he is doing is he's actually filling out the body that his creator has actually given him, and he's training others to do the same. This is not a promotion for CrossFit. I don't think CrossFit is for human beings. Sorry, Lewis. Like, I think it's for aliens who come from other planets who are crazy and are able to do that kind of thing. Like, 
I think if people like like Tony, your husband, Vicky, he works. You would see his job as something physical. He's a police officer. But yet one of the things that he does is he's imitating his creator's concern for justice every day he goes out on the streets. I think of someone like Justice who like reads and reads and reads and reads. And one of the things she's doing when she's reading, you're like, that's a physical act, you're reading. Yes, but it's also a spiritual one. She's discovering parts of the imagination. And that way she is imaging her creator when she does that. Some of you guys are in school. You see that as like a, a physical, like bodily thing, which it is, but it's also something inherently spiritual. You are growing like synapses in your mind, your brain. Like you're in school right now, like you're in school, like some of you guys, your homeschool, some of you guys, your public school, like literally when you are in, you are li- literally imaging the glory of God as you were in school. Your mind. Is grow like he is growing your mind. And the reason why I think this is important, like I said earlier, is that I think this I think that human beings that do not follow Jesus, they 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 naturally this is me before I came into Christ, and I think still part of me now. We think it's good if we have this divide. We think it's good if we have this divide. Uh, I remember in kindergarten, uh, whenever I was in kindergarten, I would occasionally get in trouble um, just for random things. And I remember the thing that you would never want to do is you would never want to go to the corner. Um, Wow, I hated that corner. All right. It literally was a desk away from everybody else. And you could not talk to anybody. And you could just sit there and like look it over your shoulder and then look back and then do your work. And like even it was even worse if you had to be there during a recess because it's like, oh, gosh, like I'm not getting to play. Oh man, I gotta stay here. And here's the thing. Let's say, let's say, friend, maybe you're here today. You you don't claim to follow Jesus. You would act. You actually probably don't mind God as long as it's a God who stays in his corner. That he doesn't invade your personal space. That he doesn't call the shots in your own life. And here's the funny thing. You might even dislike religious people, but here's the thing: religious people that don't follow Jesus like it for the, for the very same reason as you do. Why? Because they can actually keep God in a corner of their life. And what they can do is they can actually live the rest of their life how they want to. And if he ever gets too close, like you. But guys, we were actually created to be whole beings, loving body and soul. Like those, you can't separate them. Like the physical acts that you do are spiritual acts. That's right, Julie. That's right, Brandy. Changing a diaper. That's a spiritual act, yo. But you are imitating your creator in his care for his children. By what? By doing the mundane. By doing the mundane. That's a spiritual act. So you may be like, David, what, what, what's the big deal? Like, what's the big deal if it's, like, if we talk about, like, why is my body such a big deal? All right. Let's talk about that. Here's one of the reasons I would say that. All right? And some of you guys are going to be like, when I say this, one of the big reasons is that you are your body. Some of you guys are like, wait, that's not all you are, but you are your body. 
You are your body. Let's take a look at Genesis. We're going to jump around a little bit. I usually hate doing that. I'm going to have to do it. Please bear with me this week. Genesis 2. You are your body. So Genesis chapter 2, very beginning of the Bible. Starting in verse 7, this is what it says. So this this is actually God. He, he's revealing. This is, this is Adam being created. All right. It says this, verse 7. Then the Lord formed the man of the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden. In the east, and there he put a man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree was in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge and evil, of good and evil. Skip down to verse 15. The Lord spoke, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, You shall surely eat of every good tree of the garden, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. First of all, did you notice the spiritual task that God gave Adam? Garden. And some of you are like, that doesn't sound like a spiritual task. Exactly. All of life is physically spiritual. But notice one of the things he does. He gives Adam, he is, he's got a body. All right? Adam wasn't some bodily Pokemon all right, who's going to like level up after he gets enough experience to where he becomes a soul without a body. He literally is his body. Is that all he is? No, he's not. But he is his body. Here's why that's important, all right? Because you see in the previous chapter, some of the things that God, how he makes our body. So like verse 27 in chapter one. So the Lord created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. We have a gendered body, okay? You were born either male or female. Here's what that means. That means I cannot see the world as a woman, believe it or not. Maybe some of you wives, you spent years trying to get your husband to see the way that you do. I will just give you a hint. It ain't gonna happen. Some of you husbands, spent, you thought, if my wife could just see the world like I do, then he would be, like, like she would be fixed. Let me give you a hint. That's not going to happen. All right? It's not going to happen. Why? Because you, you see this world. You relate to people as a man. If you're a man. You, you relate to God as a man. All right? We, we, you, you, if you're, you can't actually, it's impossible for you. It's not this like, oh, you, you can change body parts. You will, that's what's going to lead to frustration. Because you can, because that's what our society does now. It changes the body parts. The only problem is it leads to frustration. Why? Because you weren't actually created that way. You were created in this world to see the world as a man. If you're a man, you were created to see the world as a woman if you were a woman. But that's not it. Let's see what else he says. God blessed them, verse 28, and said to them, be fruitful, multiply. He gave us a sexual body. That means it's not a mistake. That means it's also not icky and gross. 
He gave us these things. He, he, he made our bodies this way. Let's see what else. Fill the earth and subdue it. He gave us a disciplined body, a body that's to be disciplined and to craft and be creative in creation. Now, that's funny because when most of you think of that, this is basically what you call your job. Okay? Some of you, for Philip, tire worker. For Randy, sprayer. Like for, like for Ben, construction worker. And yet, this is a spiritual task for them. You see that? He's telling them, this is who you are. To, this is your body. But it's what I'm doing is I'm showing you. It reveals who we are. It reveals who we are. Your body clues you in some ways how God made you, which is pretty stinking cool if you think about it. I mean, let's just think for a second. Like, I mean, all of our bodies are way different. Like, I will say this. I do not mean to make any of the ladies jealous. I could sit on the couch and eat Oreos all day and ain't nothing going to happen to me. Like, it's just the reality of it. Brandon's like, that's probably not true. And I'm like, it really is. Like, but then you got somebody. I remember this happened the other day. Like, like uh, I was over at Josh's house. I can't remember when I was unloading. And I was like trying to pick it up. And then he comes along and just like, Bleep. and he like picks it up over there. And I'm like, I'm useless. Like, I'm totally useless. Like, if you ever need to help, have someone help you move, don't call me unless you need pillows. I can carry those. Like, everything else, though, like, but the variety by which he made us. Like, for instance, Josh, he's got a body that you, man, you can just put, like, he can bear weight, like, bam, and he can carry stuff anywhere. Like, he is strong as an ox. I am not made like that. I'm not. And it's not a mistake that I'm not made like that. Like, the variety by which he gives us bodies. Like, that's a crazy thing. I mean, think about it. He could have made us all look the same. Which have been really confusing when you're trying to have conversations with people. <laughs> and he did it. And here's the thing. He gives Adam a body. And here's one of the things we know from the Bible. That's not just some fact. Like, I'm in the body. The only difference now, I'm in a body that's affected by sin. So it's decaying. It's dying. It's going to die. But I'll be raised up. And what? I'll be given a new body. You ever see that in the Bible? We won't be angels. That's Looney Tunes, all right? We'll be given a new... So th this body, it's not some fad like Jinko's in the 90s or Jordash's in the 80s. Like, it's not some fad that's, like, going away. Like, we see that this is, this is what it means to be image bearers of God. We have a body. And here's the thing. The body that I will have one day, that you, if you are in Christ, will have one day, it'll be a renewed body. It'll be a body untainted by sin. That's going to be stinking awesome. Now I mentioned something. I mentioned, hey, wait a minute. Our body's affected by sin. So does that mean our body's evil? Some of you, you might, this is, might be your understanding of Christianity. Like, oh, the bodily stuff is like evil and like the spiritual stuff is like the good stuff. Not in Christianity. In Christianity, the body is good. The body is good. Like, it's, 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 it's a good thing. Is it affected by our sin nature? Yes. 
Yes. It's affected by sin. We, we don't blame it. Christians don't blame it on education, right? Uh, if people only knew better, like, stuff wouldn't happen. I know really educated people who treat each other like dirt. The problem runs much deeper. The problem is a heart level. The problem is, I have a body, you have a body that's affected by sin, decay. Some of you have figured that out. You don't look like you did when you were 25. Now, here's what this means. This means you, Christian, still, right now, will be tempted, until the day your body is redeemed, to misuse your body. Okay? You will be tempted to misuse it. And here's the thing. I'm about to offend everybody, even myself. So that's okay. Like, I'm about to go through a list of ways that we actually misuse our bodies. And trust me, I am an equal opportunity offender here. Like, so like, you're going to hear stuff and you're going to be, he's talking about me. And I'm talking about me probably. But these are generally ways that we misuse our bodies. Let's start with like some that we would think are more obvious, Okay. Not that they're any worse than any of the other ones, but let's say, uh, let's say uh, how, we misuse, um, how we misuse sex. Turn to 1 Corinthians 6. 1 Corinthians is going to be in your New Testament. 1 Corinthians 6. You will want to turn here because there is something in here you're like, oh my gosh. 1 Corinthians 6. And we'll start in verse 13. It's in your New Testament. It's probably a page-ish. Let's see. I think these Bibles are the same as mine. 955. Verse 13, this is what it says. Uh, Chapter 6, verse 13. Paul writes to them, he says, Food is meant for the stomach. This is why you don't eat gold. Okay? That would be a very rough afternoon for you, okay? (laughs) Food is meant for the body, or for the stomach, and the stomach for food. Yeah, that makes sense. And God will destroy one and the other. The body is not meant for sexual immorality. But, now notice, what does he say after that? For the Lord. Wait, what? The body, your body was meant... For the Lord, and the Lord the body. And God raised the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? Notice what he's assuming. That sex is an actual, is, a, is it something that is physical? Yeah, but it's something way more than that. It is something that is physically spiritual. Ways that we misuse. What is he saying? Sexual immorality. What it does is it literally rips your body. Imagine your body as a piece of paper. And this is what sexual immorality, that's what it does. It rips your body in ways that it was not, it twists. So if if we wonder, are there going to be natural consequences, anxieties, if I misuse this gift? What do you think? Like, think about that for a second. Like, if that's true, like, there are going to be things like that. Like, it's going to... Ways that we misuse it. 
sexual immorality. Like, so me sleeping with anybody that I'm not in a covenant relationship of marriage in. Pornography. Maybe guys, girl, this is something that you're, you're actively viewing, all right? This will come and it will destroy you. And the worst thing is maybe some of you single people run from this. Like, do everything you can to run. Because here's what's going to happen one day, and you don't know it. That porn star that you're watching, you're going to superimpose that on top of your wife one day. And I will guarantee you, she does not appreciate that. Or the opposite. You're going to impose that on top of your husband. And you want to know that's going to cause some conflicts? Oh, yeah, it will. Run. Run from that. Another way, using sex as a bargaining chip in a marriage. Using sex to try to manipulate maybe your husband or your wife. Maybe you know that they enjoy that or want that at this certain time. And what you do is you use it as a tool to manipulate the other to get things that you want. Like you see, like that, that, that is, that is a, that's fallenness. That's brokenness. It's sin. This is how it made Notice, notice this. Notice how it manifests it so differently in all our lives. Like. Some of you might have even walked into that thinking, all right, I'm safe from this category. And then you're just like, crap, I just got nailed. Food, body image. We we misuse this. Most likely you have an image of yourself that probably actually doesn't even align with reality. One of the coolest things I saw, it it was a couple years ago. I could not find the video. It's on YouTube. And what they did is they took an artist... And what they did is he drew two drawings of the same person. The guy, the the person he was drawing, they would sit down and he would draw them as they described themselves. So he would sit there like there was a curtain so that the artist couldn't see him. He literally had to draw how they were describing themselves. What the person who was describing himself didn't know is that they gave another person a picture of him and asked him to describe this person. And the artist drew that as well. Then what they would do is they would come up and they would hand the person the drawing that he described himself as. And then what they did is they handed him a drawing of the person that another person described a picture of him as. And it looked like two completely different people. The one they had of himself looked horrible. The one of himself looked like a normal person, how he really looked. We struggle, all of us, with body image. You probably have a vision of your body that is much actually different than the real thing. Like when you see yourself, you have a different view. Food, it's, you look at it maybe like it's an enemy. You're underweight, maybe anorexic, bulimic, orthorexic. You can only eat like healthy foods or like you go to McDonald's and you feel like you need to repent. Like that kind of thing. Like, but you, you see these struggles, like they're real things. We can view food like it's the enemy. We can also view it like it's a God. It's what we can run to. When we need comfort, it's what we run to. All of these is how our brokenness manifests itself. And guys, we're called to repent from that. Sleep and exercise, oversleeping. You let your body waste away. The lack of discipline will actually pour into other areas of your life and you don't see it. The lack of maintaining your body will actually pour into it. You think it's just an isolated thing. It will pour into other areas of your life. Your speech. Or no, exercise. Compulsive exercise. I don't have that problem. All right? <laughs> like you've got to exercise, 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 exercise. Why? 
Or maybe you're on the other end. You're, you're just, this is my end. I let my body waste away. And I thank God for people in our congregation who have been like, David, you can't do that. But you see, here's the reason I bring this up. Because our bodies are spiritual. Here's what that means. Your body affects your soul. It's weird to say that. Because you can't really decipher the two from each other. I'll give you an example. Um, one of my friends um, grew up going to church. Um, grew up, uh, this person would claim he's a Christian. Um, and uh, I remember at one point in his life, uh, youth group, uh, all that kind of stuff, like raising hands. He was called to be a pastor, all this kind of stuff. And then one day he started sleeping with his girlfriend. So here's what we tend to think. We tend to think, oh, well, he'll figure that out. Like, so what happens next? Feels guilty about it. Swears to stop. But then he falls again. Still feels bad about it, but not as bad as the first time. And then he's like, you know, I'm going to stop. Next, does it again. Oh, he doesn't feel bad, but, you know, he feels a little bit bad. He does it again, keeps on doing it, keeps on doing it. Well, does the Bible really have it right on that? I mean, come on, like, can you really, I mean, can we really be sure? That turns into, well, is the Bible really about, about, right about these things? Which turns into, can I really trust the Bible? Which turned into, I don't know if that's actually true. Which turned into, I don't know if Christianity is true. Which turned into, that Christianity thing's a joke. Which turned into, I hate Christianity. Now here's what this person, he thinks he woke up one day and he was enlightened. That's what he thinks. Oh, like, oh, I finally just figured out. I came to, I, I am enlightened now. No, I'll tell you exactly what happened. His body, because it is physical and it affects his soul, basically deceived him. And what he is today is not the person that he was before. Why? It's because sin has taken full root in his body and completely deceived him. The guy doesn't know the Lord at all. So when we hear this, guys, this is, this is the Lord calling us to repent. Like, to repent. Not tomorrow. No, 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 no. Today. Tomorrow's the devil's day. He don't care how good your intentions are as long as they stay for tomorrow. He doesn't care how good your intentions are. You can have all the intentions of the world to start something as long as it's tomorrow. Speech, saying too much, gossiping. Speech, saying too little, letting people just walk into their folly and not being like, whoa. Both aspects of fallenness. But you guys, you want to know, know the good news about this? Like if you look at 1 Corinthians, one of the things we see when we get to the second letter is that we actually serve a God who came in the body. Now think about that for a second. Think about that for a second. He came into a human body. I'm not being crude here. Do not think I'm being crude. I'm using it as that body could do things like defecate. Use the bathroom, number two. Urinate, vomit, cry, spit, bleed. That he came in the body. That he became a human being. Now for you, maybe who, you don't follow Christ. That's weird because you probably think of religion where the God stays safe. 
He's up in heaven in his recliner hanging out. Not in Christianity. God actually comes down and opens himself up to suffering. And what he did on that cross, he lived the life and the body that you should have lived. All those ways that you misuse your body, he lived perfectly. Why? So that on that cross, he could trade places with you. My friend, if you've committed adultery in your life, when he was on that cross, he became an adulterer. Why? For you. When he was on that cross, he became a gossiper. Why? For you. When he was on that cross, he became an anorexic, misusing his body. Why? Because that's what you did. He became what you are. Why? So that you could become what he was. You could become. So what he does is he comes, he lives the perfect life in the body, the life you should have lived and you didn't. The life I should have lived and I didn't. And the, the other thing he does is he actually frees us then from misusing our bodies like we have in our whole life. That means if you're, in a, if you're a Christian in this room, you actually have the freedom to break the slavery to those things that you might struggle with. Those sin, you actually have the ability, not because you're a baller, but because the Holy Spirit resides in you. And he's given the power for you to put those old sins to death. Will this be hard? Oh, yeah. Which is why we run to him, which is why what we, we use our body to do things like read, meet together. If you're ever wondering, man, David, like, why does, why does like David and Josh like always like talk to me if I've been gone for like three weeks? Because we know this about sin, dog. We know that it deceives. And we know when you spend prolonged periods of time, we know that ain't good news. Like Proverbs says, the person who seeks his own desire isolates himself. He like goes over here by himself. Like we know that, dog. That's why we do that. That's why we're like, hey, if you haven't been here in three weeks, that's usually why you get a call. Like, hey, dude, man, uh, I'm just checking in on you. How are you? It's not because I'm like personally offended that you didn't show up. Oh my gosh, I'm going to have a crying session when I go home. No, because I know the truth about sin and I know it's deception. And the only way you're going to see sin in my life is if you rub shoulders with me a bunch, which is why when you're here, it's a great thing. The only way that I'm going to see sin maybe that you don't know in your life is if I rub shoulders with you all the time. Hence why God actually calls us into a body. See that? Not so that we can be like, oh yeah, look at that sin. No. Why? So that we can actually rub shoulders with one another. All right? Guys, how do we respond to this today? How do we respond? First of all, I think a couple things. One, I think we have to repent because I think what we tend to think, even many of us maybe in this room, we isolate God to like the realm of ideas. So like, I'm in good standing with God if I think right facts about him. 
if I have like my doctrine of salvation lined up, okay? All right, I can tell you systematically, um, justification by faith alone. You can do that. There are plenty of people, I think, in hell who could actually repeat you like what it means to, for justification to happen. Why? Because it never affected their hearts. It never, ever affected their hearts. They were untransformed. They, 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 didn't know the, they did not love the Lord. I think we isolate. And here's the thing. God does care about ideas. No, we got to know the gospel. Like, we got to. Like, we have to, we have to throw ourselves on that day. But it can't just be that. There has to be a bodily aspect as well. Honoring the Lord in our bodies. Why? Because our bodies matter. Your body matters. Your body matters and your relationship with God. We're going to tease that out next week. That's going to be stinking. I cannot wait for that. Your body matters. So I think one, it means repentance. It means repentance, guys. We, we open up to one another. This is not something that you just keep to yourself and you say, I'm going to make this a personal goal. Now, this is something you need to make known. If it's sexual immorality, like, that's one of the reasons, like, guys, I'm here. It's one of the reasons, like, for instance, like, Josh, Josh is here. Why? Because we're the people equipped to help you walk through this life. Like, you might, like, scuttlebutt through life thinking, oh, my pastors don't really know what's going on. Trust me. We kind of do, all right? We can see when a person is not fully obsessed and, like, love the Lord with all their heart. That's pretty obvious. It's like someone who's enjoying a date that they don't want to be on. Like, it's pretty obvious. Guys, I want us as a congregation to be those who love the Lord with all our bodies, all our minds, to love him with every part, every part of us, because those are connected together. And that when you walk that, you will actually thrive and flourish in a way that you didn't think your body could. You think it's good to not have God have his hands on different aspects of your life? My friend, you are deceiving, you are believing the same lie that Adam believed in the garden. God's better if he doesn't tell, if, if he doesn't, if I don't really like live my life with money or sex or, or this or that with him on the throne of each of those areas. My friend, you think it's going to bring you life. It will bring you death. Bring you death. But two, so one, I think repentance, guys, is the natural thing that we must do today. I'm not talking like an hour from now. I'm talking now. Like getting on our, our knees, like on, you know, on our body, like, and saying, Lord, like crying out to the Lord, forgive me, Lord, I have misused this. I've got to change. Like coming to me, coming to maybe your sister in Christ. And confessing, here's what I've been doing and nobody knows. That's the day, guys. It ain't tomorrow. If it's tomorrow, it won't happen. I'll tell you that. It won't happen. You're going to have all the greatest intentions. Nope. So I love J.C. Ryle. calls tomorrow the devil's day. As long as it's tomorrow. Friend, like who, who might, you don't claim to follow Jesus. This is, this is the day. 
Do you stop ruling your life and you hand over the reins and say, I'm done? And you will find life. You will find life. But I think another thing is a genuine thankfulness for our bodies. Which is crazy because most, I think a lot of us do view our body as the enemy. We're, we're awkward about it. But guys, like, that's crazy. I mean, you, I look at my hand. Like, that's, that's nuts. Like, there's a genuine, like, I, I, I've been given a body. I've been given a body to steward. Like, I, this body is on loan. Like a genuine thankfulness that he's given us bodies. I was talking to someone the other day. What would, our, what would our bodily existence be like if we couldn't sing? Like what if our voice box only allowed us to talk? That'd be a bland life. There would be no Super Bowl halftime shows, which would be a good thing last Sunday, all right? Because think about like what if there were, what, what, he, he could have he made us non-sexual beings. He could have made us into beings that didn't have to eat. But he knew life is better when you're gathered around somebody's table and you're lifting your glasses up to one another. Life's better like that. Life's better. And maybe it's a call today for a serious vigor in your fight against sin. Maybe you've spent actually a lot of time building up your body. And you've actually, you've done the opposite. You've built up your body. Your body is so cotton pick and healthy. And you are languishing. Because you've actually forgotten. You haven't forgotten that you have a body and that you're a body and that you are your body. You've forgotten that you're actually something else too. But guys, here's good news. The Lord calls us to something more grand and beautiful. And here's the thing. If you're in Christ, you actually have the ability to follow him in this. It might be a long road for some of you, but the road starts today. The road starts today. Guys, the band's going to come up. We're going to sing. And um, uh, I didn't tell them this, but I'm not going to play. I'm going to be up here, guys. um, I'm going to have Josh come down too. Um, we're going to be ready and willing um, to talk with you through your junk. And here's the thing. It ain't going to surprise us. You can be like, David, I've been struggling with homosexual pornography. That ain't going to surprise me. We live in a fallen world, guys. That ain't going to surprise me a bit. You might tell me the, the weirdest, kinkiest things. It doesn't surprise me. Why? Because I know what sin does. That's what it does. It does those things. The good news is that this is a fight that we can win if we are in Christ. He will bring us through, guys. So guys, band, come up as I pray, guys. Um, They'll sing on this song. And uh, let me pray. And we'll have a time of response. We'll have a time, maybe just a minute or so, uh, for you to pray there. Or especially, come up here. Like, come up like that. Yeah, come. Like, but this will be an extended time when we sing, guys. 
knowing that there is hope for us, guys. There is hope for us. If we are in Christ. Let me pray. Thanks for listening in to today's message. For more information about our church, feel free to visit us at calvarybcmoultrie.com. We hope you will join us again next time. Until then, grace and peace.